This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, Nadpoles. Caldwell here to talk to you about Hero Forge, the best place to get fully customizable tabletop miniatures with dozens of fantasy species and thousands of parts to choose from. I actually just built a version of my Underdark Gnome Illusion Wizard, Kraslo, for use in a home game my friend has been running, and it was incredibly fun getting to scroll through all the options and details to bring this mage-handed menace to life. Their easy-to-use design tools let you build your perfect miniature online using a fully 3D, in-depth character creator right in your browser. Oh, and before you ask, yes, Hero Forge has goggles, and yes, Kraslo is wearing them. So if you've been thinking about splurging on a miniature for your D&D campaign, wait no longer, because May 2nd to May 9th, Hero Forge is having a spring sale. You can get 10% off all physical miniatures and free shipping, including international shipping on all orders. The figures are tiny, but the savings are huge. To take advantage of this great offer, visit HeroForge.com to start designing your custom miniature today and check back often because new content is added every week. Ooh, good to know. Kraslo just got a hat of vermin in the campaign, and I really want to find an annoying top hat for him to wear to represent that. In the meantime, that's it for me. Thanks for listening, and happy forging. Welcome to Dungeon Court. Dungeon Court. I always forget what we do. We were supposed to do a little. I think. Dun dun. That's what we do. Law order thing. Dun dun. Dun dun. Dun dun. I like that. We are your supreme crit justices, Murphy. Very authoritative. Axford and Tanner, and then of course Dungeon Bailiff Jake doesn't even get his last name in there. I've been demoted. I've been demoted. Absolutely. You've been demoted by doing the most work on this. The people like uh, you know, given their court, given their cases to me, really know it too. They're like honorable, honorable justices and lowly bailiff Jake. Do you remember there was one that we voted against the person because they didn't ask us nicely? Well, that's enough. the tiebreaker. That's the tiebreaker. Yeah. Gavel is if, going to our head. They very much have all been. Please, may it please the court. If they don't the, say may it please the court, they lose any tiebreaker. Yeah, that's the rule. Yeah, that's the yeah. law of the land. Yeah, they have yeah, listened. That's just the nature of humanity is to create organization and then therefore get crueler for it. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, court is now in session. Uh, why don't we go ahead and throw it to Dungeon Bailiff Jake, who will uh, give us our first case here. Indeed. Hear ye, hear ye. Court is now in session. Oh, boy. Um, PJE writes, may it please the court, should a broom catch on fire? The PCs recently found a broom of flying, and while using it, the wizard was hit with a lightning bolt spell. I started to narrate that the broom was ignited, as lightning bolt ignites flammable objects in the area that aren't being worn or carried. The PCs argued that since the wizard was holding the broom to use it, that it was being carried, and worn or carried is meant to include items on someone's person. I argue that a broom of flying is more like a mount, and mounts are subject to AOE spells. A magical wooden broom is still a wooden broom, so it should ignite. How would the honorable justices rule? My wow, first thought okay. is, if I'm that player, I'm not arguing, oh, this is being carried because I'm flying it, because I don't know that that holds water. That's like saying, I'm carrying an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> carrying an airplane but, defense, very good. <laughs> carrying an airplane defense. <laughs> However, there could be a, a loophole with the fact that it's magic. Mm, Sometimes right. magic items behave differently than regular 
mundane item. So the so the argument was flawed. So the, I'm so I'm I'm not I'm not weighing in either way yet. I'm just saying I don't know if I buy the he was carrying the um, broom. However, a magic item I bet could behave differently. I it is a bolster. yeah. I I'm going to go ahead and look at the wording of broom of flying. And I think mm-hmm. this supports our DM here. And I will also say this is enough within the realm of, you know, DM wiggle room that I think having a lightning spell cause a magic broom to catch on fire is completely acceptable. I think this is normal and cinematic mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. fun. I like it. It's- I also like the move. I think it's fun. Yes. Yeah. And you you got to keep it wiggly. I also think it's fine for the players to argue with the DM because I think I think arguing <laughs> yes, is I, fun. I yeah. agree. I do agree with that. I'm going to agree that I like to argue, so I'm not arguing right. with you. We Let support me, but- a healthy discourse at the table. <laughs> but I would say that there's maybe a different angle yes so Mm -hmm. allow me to read broom of flying uh this wooden broom actually read it into the record i would have you read it into the record (laughs) oh thank you so much i'll only do it because um i want to though because you again are just the bailiff so i'm going to i I never noticed that enormous badge that you always wear (laughs) so big and shiny did you take the bailiff's oath yeah Yeah, we will have to come up with the bailiff's oath i took it by myself this morning yeah could you write your own oath thank you so much Okay, broom of flying. In a hotel bathroom mirror. Guys, broom of flying. (laughs) This wooden broom, which weighs three pounds, functions like a mundane broom until you stand astride it and speak its command word. It then hovers beneath you and can be ridden in the air. Hovers right. beneath okay. you, so Hovers it is not being you. held. It is not, not being held. Being However, wielded. Ob- the, it, you could also look at though and say it is. It functions like a mundane object until you speak the magic word. So now, is it a magical object, and therefore is it subject to a normal, a mundane object will catch on it fire? It depends on the lightning object. wording, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which we'll you read know that into the record. If you we so not that I have any record. authority over the justice. <laughs> the lightning ignites flammable objects in the area that aren't being worn or carried. So this holds water. Flammable objects. So it the so then it really comes down to is a magical broom flammable? Because it's not a mundane object. But it doesn't need mm. to be mundane. You don't know what the witches that made that broom were coating it with. But it, we do, it's though. True. We see the item. We see what it says. It doesn't say it's immune to being burned. Yeah, I don't think that it's covered in enamel when you speak the magic word. Okay, right. I just, I'm, I'm just saying it would be cool if it was. <laughs> That'd be <really> cool, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you're well, you can homebrew whatever sick shit you want your brooms to do. Mm-hmm. The magic brooms <laughs> in my world have all been rubbed with uh, fireproof geckos. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. So <laughs> that's so many geckos. Do they die? <laughs> Absolutely. It's they die from them. It's it's cruel. It's cruel. <laughs> it's a cruel process. <laughs> we need to know if this was a gecko free, cruelty free broom <laughs> or not. Uh that should be included in the wording. Any good DM worth their salt will include whether or not yeah. geckos were destroyed. You know, I asked for the cases to be brief. Otherwise they probably would have included that. <laughs> yeah. I think this is a cruelty free broom. We have to go with I that. Think, uh uh, Bailiff Jake, um, could you please read back the wording? Uh, did they say that the broom was like instantly destroyed or did it just catch fire? Because I feel like it's definitely fair for it to catch fire. But I yeah. think that like any good play session, I think that you're going to get like a round or two to try and put out the fire while you're flying. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, would. Um, okay. I appreciate you uh, saying please because you didn't have to. Uh, <laughs> I started to narrate that the broom was ignited as lightning bolt mm-hmm. ignites flammable okay. objects. Uh, so it sounds like 
they they said it was a flame. Which is such a fun move to be like, yeah. oh shit, gotta get off or you're gonna take fire damage, which puts in the player's lap two fun options. One, you dismount the broom. Two, mm-hmm. you stay on a flaming broom right. taking fire damage, it's... but not willing to give up your prime flying location. It's such Whoa. a DM versus player thing of a DM being like, you guys tackle each other. You are hanging off the side of the cliff. Whoa! I'm not hanging off the side of the cliff because technically <laughs> I have boots on that say I have feather fall and thus I cannot be hanging. And it's just like, chill. Let's just not gonna have a right fun now. fucking action scene and let's then let it play out. 15 happen. sessions ago, 15 sessions ago, I picked up this razor sharp tusk. I used the tusk to act as a piton into the side of the cliff. Instant piton See? as a reaction. Roll before the DM lets See? you. Now, that example, I kind of love, though. (laughs) That example of like, okay, do you remember that bit I did uh, 10 episodes ago? Actually, it's going to come into play in a really narratively satisfying way. I can't say no to a recurring bit serving a narrative purpose. (laughs) I I do agree it would be cruel to just destroy their magic item instantly from one spell. But it sounds like they just just lit it on fire. This just sounds fun. Uh, I like what they did. And I also like, as someone who's always had spells that like light things on fire, it it doesn't really get to come into play that much. So it is fun to hear a situation where it comes into play in a way that makes a character have to act differently. (laughs) Yes. Imagine jumping from a flaming broom. It's cool as hell. It's It's really cool. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and rule with the DM here. Mm -hmm. I think, yes. The court moves ever north. Yes, I think that we officially weigh that we like we like the spiciness of the players that they were willing to argue. We like Mm. argumentation, right? (laughs) But But I think I think Murph has the the way of it, which is like you got to keep it wiggly. Like you got to be the worm. Yeah, Yeah. I I think so. I think let's move on to the sentencing phase. The players are indeed (laughs) spicy. Um, (laughs) Is there anything we can play into that with spiciness? Maybe they have to put out a fire with a broom because. As they say, brooms Murph. do not light on fire. What? That's the worst sentence we've ever had. They nope. have to put out a fire with a broom? <laughs> That's a death <laughs> sentence. No, they can, <laughs> we, we've killed people before. Yeah, we have, have we not? We do. Yeah, we have blood. No, we, we we have, we've sure. beheaded people, I believe. We've, we've drowned people. This could be a little fire. This could be a little fire. Yeah. Why can't stop. it just be a little one? A kitchen fire? No. Well, kitchen fire—that's going to be fire. grease and stuff. Let's say, <laughs> well, we could like we could fully replicate the session uh, and yeah. like launch them out of a trebuchet with a broom, Ooh. and then light that on fire. And then the launching process will ignite the broom. Exactly. We'll send them to an iffy gender reveal party. <laughs> <laughs> with just a broom to defend uh, themselves. Defend themselves from the eventual, from the eventual forest fire that breaks out. <laughs> they have to prevent a forest fire yes, with just yes, a yes, team yes. of brooms. Yeah. Oh my God, it's a d- d- disaster. <laughs> <laughs> that is so ordered. Uh, our next case comes from Alex J. May it please the justices of the Supreme Court. <laughs> but not the bailiff. <laughs> not the bailiff. All right. The bailiff be miffed. Yes. And he is. Uh, <laughs> I have a home game with my parents and my 91-year-old grandma Whoa. based Whoa. around the Candlekeep Mysteries. My Ooh. grandmother is playing a half-elf College of Lore storytelling bard who I created a custom spell for to summon either a hero 
uh, stat block soldier guildmaster's guide, a mage, stat block apprentice wizard from Volos, or mm-hmm. a thief, stat block nightblade from Baldur's Gate. Cool. However, cool. she insists that because she's magic, <laughs> she should be able to blast him with magic. <laughs> I tried explaining to her. <laughs> I have to say, this is, so, this is so hard because I don't have any grandparents and I would so <laughs> desperately love to play with a grandparent. She's 91. <laughs> okay. So she, wait, she thinks pe- she yeah. should be able to blast people? Go on. Mm-hmm. I tried explaining to her why bards are good, <gasps> i.e. cutting words, bardic inspiration, and high career charisma rolls. My question to you You've is, should I just lost, budget it and let her use the Eldritch Blast, or should I hold her to the rules <laughs> like the rest of the party? I think, okay, I am weighing in hard. I think you need to have a session with your grandma, ask her what, ask her what she wants to do, and create a whole new class <laughs> yeah, for her. No, well, oh, this is, Emily, this is, there's a, one more sentence, which is, P.S. I rolled her a new character as a reborn Hexblade Warlock with a Pact to the Raven Queen for more offensive character, uh, but she wanted to stay a bard. <laughs> okay. Well, I just, think I that you just create a new character, <laughs> create a new class, and call it a bard. <laughs> yep. She is yep. right. Grandma is right. <laughs> grandma does whatever just, she wants. This chaotic grandma is so foreign to me <laughs> and any fucking... semblance of a grandparent I've ever known. It's almost like I think I would like fudge the rules for a grandma more than a child, even because that oh, child yeah. just. Yeah. Like they kind of grandma doesn't need have any learn learning to do shit. left. Yeah. Grandma is is doing her fucking victory lap. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Ninety one years like, young. Let her be a fucking fire slinging bard. Yeah. Grandma can a ride a dragon bard. if Grandma wants to. They didn't have games when she was a child. <laughs> <laughs> there was just Holy a ball shit, in a that's cup. True. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> like they maybe had Parcheesi. She they might have had Tiddlywinks. Hoop and stick. They must have had a hoop and a stick. They had a hoop and a stick. Here's also and my a suggestion is I really think that you should be custom making spells for her all along the way. <laughs> if she says yeah. she wants to blast, give her a character sheet and one of the things is blast. <laughs> right. <laughs> give it's... grandma a dice that only has 20s on it. I, yeah, I just want to see grandma be like, all right, I blast him. <laughs> yeah. Smoke uh, counterpoint, counterpoint. Maybe you should text your grandma and explain to her why she's wrong. Yeah. Oh yeah, just a big, yeah. big block of text. Hey grandma, can we sidebar? There's a couple of Reddit threads you could refer her to if you like. <laughs> I, I yeah, I think give her Eldritch Blast. It's kind of just the yeah. move, right? Is like maybe secretly take away another spell if you, yeah, know, if yeah, you really yeah. need to uh I think you don't need to make her overpowered, but you can Right, because you're still playing with your like... parents. Your parents still need to have fun. And if grandma's just blasting away at everything, you know, there mm-hmm. have to be so funny that she's yeah. just like, No, I'm a bard. <laughs> I wonder yeah. I'm curious if it was if like she likes the sort of performer thing, because we don't really mm. know that much about her character. So like is it that she likes being like a musician or a performer? In which case she doesn't have to give that up, you know? Yeah. You just mm-hmm. Make her a new new character sheet with abilities that align more with how she wants to fight, yeah. um, and she gets to keep playing her musical instrument and being a bard. And I think yeah. e- even if this wasn't even if this wasn't a grandma, even if this was just you know a someone, regular mom, someone I didn't really like, like Caldwell, right? Even, <laughs> <laughs> even if this is like Bailiff Jake is right there. <laughs> True. How dare I? How dare I? Even if Get him, was, Justice Murphy. Uh, <laughs> 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 there is dissent in the court. Uh, even if this is someone I didn't like, like Caldwell or Jake, um, if they were, re- <laughs> they were really, like, 
He didn't even switch it. He just added me. Uh, Eldritch Blast isn't amazing. What makes it good later on? No, Eldritch Blast I, I, is great. Eldritch Blast is very good, but I feel like what makes it good later on is that the Warlock can cast it more times, right? That is why more it's the times, Warlock's thing. Yeah, more times, and also there's a invocation that you can add your charisma to the damage. Exactly. Cool. So I'm 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 saying even if even if this wasn't a grandma, if somebody really wanted to just be able to blast them, I think there's a fair way to give them Eldritch Blast that's not yeah. completely overpowered. We should give all our elders Eldritch Blast. It's right in the name. If you're uh, an elder, yeah. you get an Eldritch. Elder Blast. We're going to call it Elder Blast. <laughs> the Elder, elder blast. blast. We're ruling, in, cool. we're ruling in favor of grandma. Um, and even the- I feel like, though, the, the, the DM is not at fault Still here need to punish them. I think they're Still doing to, it. I'm so sorry. The, co- st- the court what? must rule. We must punish but They are bringing to Emily. us the exact thing. And they- this is unnecessarily cruel. Stand down, Justice Axford. Stand down. <laughs> Restrain her, bailiff. <laughs> the one thing I'm allowed to do. There absolutely must be a harsh punishment for everyone. This is the world we live <laughs> this in. This is the world we live in. <sighs> How about- this is our court. The, the DM has to uh, go to a retirement community uh, and uh, DM for just multiple groups of grandparents. Oh my God, yes. Wow, that's, that's a community awesome. outreach. It's community service rather mm-hmm. than punishment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We could maybe put like a scorpion in their pants too. Yeah. If you want to spice <laughs> it up a little bit. <laughs> there will also be a scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> One who lost their stinger. But they're oh, oh, still sad. scary. Is it? But they still got pinchers. Yeah. So they oh, can do God. some damage in there. <laughs> Don't worry about that. No interest in scorpions. Cool. Well done, Bailiff. Uh, if I could speak to you privately outside. Uh, what could it possibly be, Justice? <laughs> <laughs> the other justices are conspiring against me. <laughs> I'm conspired against no one. In fact, I want to put it out there that I'm willing to turn ever since uh, Murph went in on this nice DM. I'll, I'll turn on him. Bailiff, him Bailiff, the time has come for you to choose. Who do you stand with? <laughs> I have I have no authority in the court, sir. Yes, but what if I were to give you authority? A shiny gavel of your own. Wow, a coup. Yes, yes. Just tell me who I must No remand. need to act upon these words just yet. Just dwell on them. Dwell on them, and then when the moment is right, you will know to ascend. Now let you're us gonna return. Your, you're going to get yourself demoted to bailiff if you're not careful. <laughs> this one is a demotion. That's a lot of work. You have to read all the cases. <laughs> This was happening outside the court. We were taking a recess. <laughs> you didn't hear this. <laughs> All right. Sydney O writes, Good may name. it please the court. I have created a sorcerer fighter combo for a very high level campaign. Five, lev- five levels of clockwork soul sorcerer and 13 levels of psi warrior fighter. I took, the dual wheel- I took the dual wielder feat and my fighting style of choice is two weapons fighting. One of the other players has argued that I am only allowed to attack with my offhand once every turn, even though I have two battle axes equipped, and this is not how my table has played dual wielders in the past, i.e. a rogue using two knives. Do I only get one attack with my offhand, or is it two? My DM and I haven't been able to find anything in the rules about it. Okay, this is something Hmm. I've actually looked into extensively, specifically for an incredibly similar build, except it was a Battlemaster Divine Soul, um, and I have no answer. I cannot, I I, I don't understand it. I I think it's- I don't understand dual wielding. I think it's a bonus action attack. Yeah, I think you just attack once. 
Well, this is specifically the dual wielding like uh, fighting style, right? Dual well, the, wielding feet. The dual, the dual wielding oh, okay. feet, I believe, uh, and we can look all this up. I think dual mm-hmm. wielder feet might just give, might just let you it lets dual you add wield your, better abilities. It lets you add your modifier because normally, because anybody can hold a finesse weapon mm-hmm. in their offhand uh, and make a bonus action attack, but you do not add anything to it normally. Okay. You just like, uh, like a short sword would just be a D6. But if you have four decks, for instance, you could do D6 plus four if you have the dual wielder feet. So I'll, right. we'll, I'll, I'll read it right now. You gain plus one bonus to AC while you're wielding a separate melee weapon in each hand. You can use two weapon fighting even when the one-handed melee weapons you're wielding aren't light. So it's like better better weapons. Okay. Um, right. So yeah, I, I kind of think that you might be right. It's just a bonus action. Are we about to disagree with the entire table and their rules? Because like this seems like previously the table has stated that dual wielding is fine, but we're about to establish no, a, a paradigm. No, pl- a them. player's calling it out, which like I, huh? I kind of don't like that. Yeah, he doesn't like it. He's grimacing. It I'm, I'm, gr- I'm grimacing. I don't, I don't like it when people tell on, <laughs> tell on uh, their other players. But I, I, I it, I mean. <laughs> When I hear it, I just like imagine somebody being like, teacher, teacher, wait, they're actually not allowed to do that. When the <laughs> real answer is probably them just being like, oh, are you sure you're allowed to do this many attacks? I'm pretty sure it's just the one, which yeah. doesn't, you know, you, you mm. don't have to be. Uh, it's probably not a big deal. There's just so many rules is the right. thing. So it's like so easy to be wrong. So I don't know. I personally always appreciate it when someone tells me I'm wrong. <laughs> I think that it might just be a bonus action because I think I've looked into this extensively, specifically trying to figure out how to get <laughs> four attacks with weapons. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I've yes. yet to find a <laughs> find a obvious way. To yeah, do I it. believe, and wow. um, uh, I will admit out of character that I'm not a hundred percent on this, but as uh, Justice uh, Murphy, uh, I know this for a fact. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think it's bonus action is your offhand. So even with Jens, when he got two attacks, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean I got four attacks. That yeah. meant with my action, I can do two attacks two, with my main hand yeah. and then an attack with my offhand. Right. But- Which like I've tried so hard to make a two weapon character just because it's so visually cool, but it, yeah. it always just falls a little short. The for plus me one AC for two weapon it. fighting and then well, the that's, dual you wielder have to take feet. a feat to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. I mean, mm-hmm. it's definitely good, but I'm saying like- Three attacks instead of two. A lot of times, I, I mean, I don't take feats until way later because- yeah. <laughs> you got to boost those stats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a way. I, I love, Emily, I love like the way that you approach these things, though, where like it's like you're trying to solve some sort of like equation that will like help space travel be possible. Where you're like, <laughs> I got to crack this. I'm We're sure just that missing someone, one thing. I'm sure someone will be like, oh, duh, Emily, you can just do this, this, and this. I just didn't look at it from that angle. But I have been like looking into like, oh, it'd be so cool to have a weapon in both yeah. hands. And specifically, dual wielder does let you hold like cooler things like this this character is awesome they're fucking two carrying axes. two axes yeah, that's, that that's fucking it. real good but i just Flavor like wise, haven't figured out a way to like make it i think what we need to do is we need to write all of this information on a chalkboard uh and then like leave like a blank space where and then it's wait just for like matt damon exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> we need Actually, Matt Damon was just a lowly jan- janitor in that movie. So, you know, someone with a low-level position hiding uh, their genius and rising to the top. Didn't Harvey Weinstein fund that movie? Well, you know, it wasn't... Uh, you know what? <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit <laughs> of a cheap shot, Murph. <laughs> Can of Jake loves Weinstein. <laughs> I didn't even say I liked the movie. I just described the plot. <laughs> How dare you describe the plot of that movie, sir? Implicit. On all counts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I I think, um, uh, unfortunately, uh, mm. off, offhand is just bonus action. So With a heavy um, heart. With a heavy heart, we must with a, rule. With a heavy heart, it's we still rule cool. in favor cool. of the person who told I'm you. I'm open to being fucking wrong. I'm not open to being wrong. I sentence <laughs> you. <laughs> well, if we're all on the same side, we simply have to sentence them. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'm going to sentence them to... Um, their weapons get so sick and awesome that they're too heavy to carry. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. But they wow. look awesome. They yeah. look so good. Two big cloud strife um, <laughs> sized right. axes. You have to do a strength check every time you use them. So ordered. Uh, the Green Magus writes, may it please the court, I humbly, I humbly bring before you a case of DMV players. Can a DM, mm. myself, require multi-classing only that they multi-class and not to a specific class the goal create richer more thematic characters that can narratively grow my players argue that by forcing multi-classing i am stripping them of their most powerful abilities Mm. i humbly await your judgment Hmm. i get Ah, i get what hmm. they're doing i think it's a cool idea but i think once you bring it to the table and they're like we don't want to do that it's it's crazy it's crazy to force the issue i think when it comes down to it creatively creativity comes from a place of freedom and so if you want the richest most interesting characters it's going to be from an authentic place and it's going to be from what they want to play yeah yeah it's like the noblest intentions being rejected and you like still can't process it you're just like, no, no, no. I need to hammer this home. People always say that I multi-class all the time. And I do for this precise reason. I 100% agree with you. However, I'm also aware that that's my personal preference. I- I've definitely heard of, uh, c- there- there's a couple of campaigns. Uh, I think there's a show, Bombarded. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm not 100% how they run the game, but I think they're all multi-classed with Bard. Um, if it's not that show, then it, it's a different one. But there are people out there that uh, use this as kind of a hook, which I think is a really fun hook. Yeah, uh, is, is to you know add multiclassing into it because it is interesting. But again, if you bring it to the table and they're like, "No, I just want to be a fighter," I don't think <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think anyone's gonna have fun if you're like. No, you must have a richer character. <laughs> you must take a level of rogue. I think like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I love this idea though. And I feel like it's the sort of thing that you have to like offer at the table specifically. It can't be like something that you've prepared with this grand design. It's got to be something that like comes up a little more naturally. Like if a character, you know, uh, is like, losing the will to fight or something and like they take a level of rogue because they're like learning a new way to fight or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, yeah, playing yeah, it at the table say, and letting it come up like that seems like the way to go. I was going to say, I think you can bait them, right? It's mm. like they meet interesting characters who like if it's a fighter, they meet a cool rogue who fights in a really interesting way or they go to a thieves guild and they yeah. have an opportunity to train or mm-hmm. like, you know, like they uh, they meet some like infernal but cool god and they have an opportunity yeah. to take some warlock level. So it's like, I think that you dangle it um, rather than enforce it. Yeah, Because <laughs> here's the thing, your players, they don't know what they want. They think they know what they want, but they don't. You got to bait them. You got to give them the tasty little carrots. You That's right. I think they, I think they do know what they want. And, but, and you can <laughs> they know what they want. They want candy. 
That's what they think they want, <laughs> but they're going to get sick. Little okay, I, t- I disagree sick. with this. They do know what they veggies. want. I'm saying give them the opportunity to make the choice. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, I want to be with the DM on this because like I love, as a DM, I love like planning too much and like just having like a cool idea. There's nothing better than like having a cool idea and getting really excited about it. Uh, but you got to let your players, uh, you got to let your players take the reins a little bit. It's a weird, it's a weird like upfront demand to be like, I need you guys to have really cool narrative arcs when like mm-hmm. it's just it's just starting. Those yeah. things like yeah. happen yeah. on their own. But also I I I would bet it's a situation where the players maybe don't have as much experience as the DM, which I think happens mm. a lot, which as a DM, mm-hmm. you know the game kind of inside and out. So and and you know they they listen to Nadpod and maybe they listen to other shows. So they've seen fighters go to level 20 they've seen barbarians go to level 20 they've seen all these things so they're like i need something fresh and new and the players are like i just want to make this really powerful yeah i just want to get three Mm. attacks as fast as possible and there's nothing better than looking at like the the sheet or like the description of your character in the book and being like oh man at this level i get this at this level i get this and just like dreaming about it it's very fun and also once they uh, get once they get those three attacks, then you might it might be easier to like present options for them to multi-class and they'll be like, you know what? I've reached the level I've been trying to reach. Mm-hmm. Now I'm open to it, you know? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. It's like when Pikachu had to fight Raichu in that episode of Pokemon uh, and Raichu was a stronger uh, electric type Pokemon, but Pikachu could learn quick attack uh, and Raichu couldn't because Raichu evolved too quickly. So it's like you got to put them up against someone that's stronger than them so that they realize that like there's multiple uh, ways to advance rather than just straight up leveling. Is this the moment well Justice said. called all? <laughs> we, we sentenced you to having to listen to Caldwell talk about episodes of Pokemon. <laughs> In a whisper while he puts his baby to bed. <laughs> Come, let me tell you about the time they played baseball with Team Rocket. I didn't know there was one called Riotu. That's good. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Emily here to talk to you about Mint Mobile. It's spring cleaning. We're getting rid of the things that don't serve us anymore, and you know what doesn't serve anyone? Expensive phone bills. If you'd like to declutter your finances, it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer, and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash pawpaw. That's mintmobile.com slash pawpaw. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash pawpaw. $45 upfront payment minimum required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Goodbye, sweeties. 
Hey there, Nadpoles. This episode is brought to you by Aura Frames. Are you looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Well, look no further. Aura Frames are the beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. My mom, my mother-in-law, and my grandmother-in-law all have auras from me and they love them. So from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, and even the friends in your life, every mom loves an aura frame named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. Trademark, brother. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. They're easy to set up. They are the perfect gift and they've got unlimited storage, unlimited photos and videos. You can invite as many people as you want to a frame. There are absolutely no hidden fees or subscriptions. How beautiful is that? And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That is Aura, A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use the code PAWPAW at checkout to save terms and conditions apply. Thank you, everybody. Um, okay, now uh, I have a a a final update from Taruk. Uh, oh, oh God! God. I love the I saga love. continues. <laughs> it's I love. I, I got to warn you guys up front that Taruk kind of goes out with a whimper, which it's so <laughs> alas. But it, it's nice to it's nice to bring it all home. Yeah. Um, Paul H. writes, Lords and ladies and everyone of the court, I stand before you with the end of the Taruk the Tiefling saga. The end? (laughs) The end. After I became DM again, we watched, we scheduled another session. I was hyped. I planned all week and I thought I came up with some pretty good stuff. Then it was the day. I showed up early and got all set up. Taruk was running a bit late, so he wasn't home quite yet. When he got home, all he said was, oh, did I not tell you guys? I quit. I'm not playing anymore. Then he left his own house. I still see him weekly, but he refuses to acknowledge his quitting. It's just weird tension now. There is no case I wanted to... I just wanted to let you guys know the conclusion of the oh saga. Oh, my God. Okay, once left again. Left his own house? Once salty again, earth. the story of Jeruk, he is like an uncomfortable, depressing short film. <laughs> this is every, like, every time you can, like, take on a different direction. It's just like he just... I don't know... He he limbo's under under the bar. There's no bigger power move than leaving your own house. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Shout out to Paul H who has consistently made sure to point out the funniest details in every single <laughs> yeah. update. I know. Big time. If he, if he just said he left, it wouldn't be nearly as funny as leaving his own house. <laughs> he left his own house. But this my guess is that this dude maybe lives at home and it's his and his dad is the father-in-law because remember because mm-hmm. this is this is him playing with his brother-in-law and his father-in-law. I love that we're having to piece together just this being family left at the tree. table with with your father-in-law. You're just sitting there. It's like, oh, I guess. Yeah. So it's I just also us. love that there's like no explanation for this dude's behavior because I I feel like I feel... and also we only know him by his character's name. And I feel like if I like was playing D and D with like your dad and your brother and your brother was like insane, me and your dad would be like. Um, what are you doing? Yes. Like, there would be like, uh, you know, we would be like, let's acknowledge that this is strange. 
<laughs> I just need to know where did Taruk go? Because like D and D takes a long time. It's not like he just like went and sat in the Wendy's parking lot, or maybe he did <laughs> I for think four he hours. Took- I think he took a long, aimless walk and like worked out some stuff. <laughs> he just shadow boxed around the block. He's just like nurking, nursing a little egg of despair. <laughs> I want to think that he like he went around like ran around the block in like a uh, Bradley Cooper in uh, Silver Linings Playbook uh, trash yeah, bag trash jumper. Bag. He could have he could have run a marathon in the time it takes to run a session. Or just like went and like. <laughs> Took like a wood axe to cinder blocks or something in the backyard. <laughs> uh, it's really just a kid taking his toys and going home. Yep. I am like, I'm mm. very sorry for you, Paul H. However, you clearly have a sense of humor about it because it's every true. update is. <laughs> yeah. Totally and really this saga it. has brought us and, and a lot of people joy. So. It's, also, it, it's just always baffling to me because Paul, like, Paul, the way the way Paul is writing, I'm like I could be I could be friends with them, and this, yeah. <laughs> and yet Paul is very nice about the whole Taruk situation. <laughs> when I hear it, I'm like, this person is a fucking nightmare. I don't yeah. know how you even have dinner with them. It's insane. I, I mean, bless I, Paul. Paul is always like, I I was hyped. I was excited. Yes, I thought bless, it was going to be good. Bless like, Paul. Bless, Bless Paul. Paul because I really think he is like handling the situation of having a weird uh s- like sibling in law mm-hmm. with Grace. <laughs> Good lord. Do y'all think that we could fix Taruk? No. Like us four? Like could we go in there and just like whip him into shape? Could we be like the the queer eye for D&D Should players? We have, yeah, we could have Taruk do a guest arc. Like I feel like there are just like maybe better people to see in this world. Yeah, I think we, this is strange because this is just an update, but I think we need to sentence Taruk again. Yeah, yes. I sentence him to eternally run laps and a yeah, just never allowed. Yeah. Suit. You must leave your home forever. Go on a long, long run. You must remodel an entire room of your house specifically for D and D, but you are not allowed to play in it. Ooh, that's good too. That's cool. A forbidden game room in your own home. Brutal. Having to do like housework and not benefit from it. (laughs) Oh, that just like really hit something personal inside. This is very funny to picture like, hi, yeah, uh, come on over. Oh, this is the deck I put in. I'm not allowed on it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just like thinking of all the fucking mulching I do in my front yard. And if it was just like, cool, you mulch it and then it disappears. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was was cruel to a witch and now I'm not allowed to use my deck. Um, okay. Dan R. writes, may it please the court. My players were fighting several demons in a small underground room. Our bard used conjure animals to summon four. I'm, I'm so sorry. I just got really distracted by something. What? And I can't even listen to what you're saying. What is he what distracted is it? by? I, it's so stupid. But I just was like, I was like, mm, you know what? I should have sentenced Taruk to get blasted by the grandma. <laughs> And then I was like, I heard the word conjure, and I was like, fuck, this relates to a case. I'm supposed to listen. Grandma nope. Connolly does have Turuk energy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, and it would be really funny. That's who needs to whip Turuk into shape. Yeah. Can we make the grandma our executioner? Yeah. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> she can blast Turuk. I'm so sorry. Go on. No, I, th- that was a, a worthy, worthy interruption. <laughs> Definitely. Um, <laughs> So Dan writes, may it please the court, my players were fighting several demons in a small underground room. Our bard used conjure animals to summon four Huang Harasek, 
huge sized snails. I warned him that this was a pretty small room and he said he still wanted to do it. I described these huge snails as appearing and that stretched from floor to ceiling and blocked the PCs from the monsters. Basically, no one could do anything because all of the room was full of giant snails. <laughs> Snail wall. The player was mad that I let him cast the spell if it basically meant they couldn't do anything until they dispelled it. Was that a fair criticism or was my warning of it being a small room enough? I feel like these players weren't thinking creatively enough. Like, you created a snail wall fortress. You can, like, short rest and get your shit back and then be ready to take on these monsters. Like, you've improvised an incredible spell called snail wall, or as I'm calling it now, snarl. <laughs> and mm, once snarl. they go away, then you have slime moat. Yes. Oh, that's cool. That's, all, that's difficult to rain. We're big snails fans on this show. <laughs> In every Except form. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I, I think anytime you do the wink, wink, I don't think this is a good idea, and then mm. the player does yeah. it anyway, they're just asking for trouble. They're it's just also true. like, but usually things are being like a bad idea, or like, oh, this could go, this could go wrong. This was just mm-hmm. like, absolutely nothing happened. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's <laughs> very funny. Yeah, if anything, it's it like it's not funny. like instead of it being you like warned them, and instead think, of it having dire consequences, it just had a silly consequence. I feel like the thing <laughs> is like you know that you were doing this to like punish your player. Like your players getting mad, it makes sense because I feel like this DM knew what yeah. they were doing. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't just like make the snail wall appear and have it not work be- out of like you know this is just what would happen. Like you, it's just classic D and D though, because like I'm just picturing the scene and like it's just a, a beautiful anticlimactic moment where you like summon these giant snails, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you've just got like this like fortress of snails around you, and you just light a campfire, and you have like a nice little like heart to heart as these like snails mm. tower above you, or you're like pressed up against the cave wall. Yeah, it is a really funny thing. However, I also can see conjure animals. I think is a, a decent level spell, and it could have been this person's highest level oh, spell yeah. slot. So it could be like, "Fuck, that's my only third or fourth mm. level spell." Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what? Here, okay, I'm like, I'm like trying to be really diplomatic here. So that's why I'm like not just like gut reaction, being like, "Yeah, you did your work." The only <laughs> thing I would say is that like maybe. Maybe because when you play theater of the mind, saying it's a small room, like maybe in the future you should be like, it's a X by X room. Like if mm. you know what the dimensions are, then like maybe you should tell them so that then they can. I think though I with know. conjure sure. animals, they did not need to summon giant snails. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. Like yeah. you didn't need to do that. There are other animals. It definitely sounds like specifically the uh, the DM warned them after they said, "I summon giant snails." Yeah, you know what this this sounds like? This sounds like somebody tried to do a, a Looney Tunes Space Jam dunk, and then this DM just came out and just <laughs> stuffed the ball back in their face in a very just, funny way. Right. Just somebody <laughs> taking a katana to Michael Jordan's arm halfway yeah, through the space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's yeah, how the movie yeah and I was ended. gonna say like, oh, maybe you could, maybe they could have tried to like summon them on top of them, but it, it is un- unoccupied space. So wait, Emily, I, I have think, a follow up yeah. question: hmm. Can you unsummon specific animals from the conjure animals? Oh, like can you, if you summoned two, could you like unsummon one of them? Yeah, so you I have like know. snail cover. That would cover. probably be a, that would probably be like a DM's choice. Like, mm. can can you control it that way? Yeah, because if you've got this snarl, then and you like uh, dissolve snail part wall, of the right. snarl, oh, and then the all snarl. of a sudden, like yeah, then you can like use like the snarl as like it's cover. Like, 
Yeah. Like almost like balustrades or whatever those things are called that people uh, shoot arrows through. Yes. Oh, I love that. Or like you could kind of like stand right next to part of the snarl, dissolve it and try and get a surprise round because I don't think that the monsters are going to be expecting the snarl to partially dissolve. Mm. <laughs> the snarl dissolve. I, I, yeah, I, I think that especially considering that the the consequences of this were just that it fills up the room. I think mm-hmm. you could have maybe done an arcana check or something to have them like try to control it. Um, mm. That way they kind of understand the stakes of it as it's happening. That mm-hmm. being said, you warned them and all you did against them was like waste a turn. So it's just it's just not that big a deal. Well, yeah. but also wasting maybe this person's only third level spell slot, depending what level they are. But the DM said, wink, wink, this is a bad idea. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And totally. then they did it and then it was a bad idea. So the DM gave the wink. <laughs> Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Must... No, I I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. I do. You agree must with heed that. heed the wink. Heed, heed the, the wink. wink. I, yeah. Heed the wink. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna uh, go ahead and sentence this player. Uh, this player, death by snails. Blasted by grandma. <laughs> it's gonna get blasted by grandma into we a can't use the grandma for every case. We can for the it's rest of this episode. It's all I want to do so. now. <laughs> She must rest. Again. Emily, she's so tired. <laughs> you know what? Let's do one last one. Grandma wants to blast bird, him. And I'm gonna let's blast do, you. Let's do one last one here. Nathaniel okay. D writes, I'm in a campaign right now, and we were in a cave that had a white dragon in it. My character is a barbarian, and the sorcerer in our party polymorphed me into a giant ape. The ceiling Same. was like 60 feet in the air. I was able Very to cool. climb up the wall to the ceiling where the dragon was hanging from. Whoa. I successfully drappled the gra- <laughs> drappled the grapple. Dra- <laughs> dragon grapple. Okay. Drapple is All a right. dragon grapple. Yeah, yeah he, dra- one, he, he drappled. I've, I got one fucking job as the bailiff. (laughs) I successfully grappled the dragon, but the DM wouldn't let me body slam the dragon because of of his ability to fly. I think that's dumb because I don't think a dragon could fly with a huge creature on its back. Thoughts, judges. Also, I was holding the dragon by the neck. That's a strength check. That's at least some sort of check, right? Yeah, you can fucking body slam someone that flies. In fact, you Mm -hmm. can... That's like how you kill a fly is essentially body slamming them with your hand. It's grappled. It's Kong rules, baby. It's grappled. <laughs> so it's speed, it's zero. So mm-hmm. it has the ability to fly, but it can't fly at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Ooh, like, yeah. that's a really good call. Yeah. It's if you speed, grapple zero, a dragon, their speed is zero. You could do straight up. I'm just going to describe all the cool body slams that you could do from the top of his oh, game. I'm going to yeah, say yeah, yeah. tombstone pile driver. Right? Oh, I'm going to say you have oh, it yeah. by the neck. Flip yeah. it around. <laughs> grab it around the waist. You drive it. Ape holding dragon. You are the undertaker. This is Kane. It is the late 90s. <laughs> Fire all around you. Slam all down. Good. Your parents love you. Your parents ring. love you. <laughs> Your parents love you. They're not disappointed in you for watching wrestling. He's going for the trample. Oh, I can't believe it. Oh, also, what am I thinking? Holding the dragon by the neck. This is chokeslam territory, baby. This is this is Whoa, yeah. This is yeah. Undertaker throwing mankind through the top of the steel cage in Hell in a Cell. I feel I, like I know what the punishment is going to be. I just, I, I just. <laughs> <laughs> this DM is going to be facing the Undertaker at SummerSlam. He's coming out of retirement, people. It's Whoa! not possible. The dead man rides again. Oh, <laughs> uh, and who's that? That's got to be Kane. I don't believe this. It's Kane. In all my years of commentating, I've never seen anything like it. You have to face Kane and the Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell match. <laughs> 
I disagree with how this DM ruled it, but I I admire their willingness to like be a stickler because like if I were a DMing and presented with this scenario, I would absolutely I would absolutely be like, oh yeah yeah you choke the dragon and suplex it because that's cool as hell and like who am I to stand in your way? I, I would fold like paper before this brilliant maneuver. But I also think saying. that they. But I also think what Murph said is I think that the player was straight up right. If they're grappled, yeah. a grappled creature mm-hmm. has zero, zero speed. I think if you I have think, zero speed, you can't flying. fly. Yeah, I think you can the, misty the rules... step out of a grapple, but mm. I don't think that you can fly out of a grapple. Nope. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, unless uh, the dragon had really cold hands, because um, it is an ice dragon, and it like touched the gorilla's chest, and the, the gorilla got a little chilly and that might have thrown the gorilla off so i think that that's that's a viable ruling but um no i think that the speed is going to be zero yeah mm-hmm. i'm saying even if like the rules weren't <laughs> on the player's side i feel like i would still allow the player to do this because it's oh yeah dope as it's hell. just the right <laughs> thing so to cool. do yeah. <laughs> uh, so you will be facing uh, the undertaker or no you will not be facing them you will get to you will get front row seats um, oh fuck! You'll be sitting with us. Uh, the TV. This is real. Uh, yeah, all of us. We're going to SummerSlam, and we're going to sit. I oh my god! Front row Brad. seats. Front row seats. This is, this is awesome. so great. Front row seats to SummerSlam. <laughs> I might get. I might get on TV. Uh, I didn't I'm get vaccinated for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, uh, your DM is going to have to face uh, Undertaker and Kane, um, and they're gonna. Wow. You know what? They're gonna fight for real. It's gonna That's be fucking awesome. Undertaker. We don't often give out the punishment and a prize. This this player is getting a goddamn prize, especially because we, the justices and bailiff, got to benefit from the prize as well. Yeah, this <laughs> sounds like the best birthday party we could ever give Murph, which is so, that we yeah. take him to SummerSlam. <laughs> <laughs> It's also funny because it's not WrestleMania, it's SummerSlam. Like, if you guys took me to SummerSlam, I'd be like, that's pretty cool, I guess. Not WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We got you that SummerSlam you wanted, honey. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, you kept talking about a slam, so right? I, I booked the first no, one yeah. I saw. No, this is good. This is probably the yeah. third or fourth best pay-per-view. <laughs> Yeah, that's the kind of thing you get for your thirty-sixth birthday. Yeah. You know? Like it's not a it's not a big birthday. Yeah, that's momentous. You know what? Uh, I'm gonna say it's the third best pay per view. I'd be I'd be plenty happy. You know what? <laughs> we should go we should you actually go to SummerSlam. So petulant right now. Fuck, I wanna go to SummerSlam. No, right I'm not petulant. I'm 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 furrowing like, my brow thinking if I will be allowed to go to SummerSlam. Good. Uh, and I think yeah, I, I was having that thought while we were having. Yeah, this no, we're we SummerSlam. Cool, it is. The court has decided we're going to SummerSlam. <laughs> uh, and with that, I think we're going to go ahead uh, and end this one. Uh, thank you, Dungeon Bailiff Jake. Thank you to everybody for um, submitting their questions. Uh, court is adjourned. Uh, mm. You can uh, listen to. Well, actually, no. Court is in recess. Uh, mm-hmm. You can head on over to Put our the row back on. Patreon.com. The robe is robe is halfway off. Now back on. I uh, can go over go on over to patreon.com slash nadpod. That's N-A-D-D-P-O-D. Don't sing yet. Um uh to listen to bonus cases. We're gonna be doing some more DD court over there as our short rest this week. Um in the meantime, does anybody else have anything they'd like to plug? I have one thing I'd like to plug. Um, By all since means. we talked about wrestling, I wanted to plug the person whose YouTube channel you watch all the time. Wrestling, wrestling bios. <laughs> Check out wrestling out. bios. Um, I've been watching. Uh, Murph their... like always watches it when he has lunch, and it's 
really really cute uh <laughs> yes uh wrestling is too. great um i'm currently <laughs> watching uh his series uh where he goes back and watches every monday nitro and every monday night raw uh and compares them back to back uh when they were airing the same time and is rating them on which one is better <laughs> and which one is worse uh and just goes through every single match and i'm on like episode 20 or something like that so definitely check that out everybody wow there you go. what a backlog uh, sweet yes check out wrestling bios uh court is in a uh, recess for now check us out on patreon you can follow us on various social media that we uh use or don't use um uh, at Siege Murph is me, at Caldy's Caldwell, at Astros Emily, at Jake Hurwitz is Jake, and you can tweet about the show using hashtag NADPOD, that's N-E-D-D-P-O-D. We are, we are, the youth of the nation, we are, we are, the youth of the nation. Bayless, now, now's the time. It's the end of the show, everyone, and you know what that means. We've got to shout out our beautiful, benevolent Council of Elders, starting with Brad D., Jeffrey S., Haldor Frostback, Steelbreaker, and Matt M., members of the Bailiff's Union who have been dispatched to investigate working conditions at the Supreme Crit after someone anonymously filed several hundred complaints against the three justices. Jordan DJ, Cutter W., Jag G., Zolo Dolo and Dylan B, a council of witches who finally perfected a fireproof broom. Unfortunately, it requires broom and rider to be completely encased in a bubble of water, but hey, progress is progress. Schubert the Mushroom, Danielle the Dastardly Dame, Andrew M, Beardman Dan, and Scott D, the disciples of Taruk. These chaotic players have taken the tyrannical tiefling's words to heart and attempted to mutiny their DMs. Unfortunately, none of them were successful, and now as punishment, they must leave their own homes and linger in a Burger King parking lot in shame. Danny P., mixologist Michael McD., Victor T. Balnor's boy, Andrew B., and Kevin S., polymorphing wrestlers who compete annually in a no-holes-barred cage match known as We Fought a Zoo. Justin I, Ragnar Fairdwind, TJM the Gnome Barbarian, Elena M, and Trele the Crayfay, a team of debate bards who have perfected a new spell called Blaming Sphere, the rules of which are written in a purposefully confusing way so as to bait your opponents into arguing. Jared E, Austin Bonesaw MR, Daniel R, and cyborg version of Josh the Kobold. Cave critters who watched the epic showdown between the giant ape and the ice dragon. Unfortunately, they were seated in the crash zone and were crushed almost instantly. Octolich, Gage M, Richard X Machina, Michael L, and Sergio Salazar Solomon Sakarias de Sequani. Oh, that's always a fun one to come back to. <clears throat> a group of elderly D&D players who all get together in their retirement community to play once a week. There's no joke here. I just thought old people playing D&D was a nice mental image and turns out I was right. Trust the Traveler, Sir Carl, Jory S, Dana G, Azoth Shadows, Callum L, and Ryan. The Supreme Crits Execution Squad, who are currently out of a job due to the rise of Eldritch Blasting Grandma. Luckily, they were all hired by Bailiff Hurwitz for 
some unknown reason. Just what is he planning? Jack L, Flawless Whale, Temporal, Sam L, Nicholas C, and Reese N S. Bailiffs who meet up with Jake for a bailiff happy hour every week and listen to him complain loudly and without restraint about Emily Caldwell and Merv. Samuel B, Mike H, Matthew E, Colton B, Adam G, and Matteo C, champions from the WWE plane, a plane of existence filled with buff heroes that can only be reached by super tall and super unstable ladders. Nabadger, Panama James, Cummins the Bard, Adrian the Halfling Bard, and Dan, the Blasting Grandmas. They're actually not a D&D group, just a college acapella group. No one knows what the name is a reference to due to the high turnover rate of college acapella groups. Nikki W., Grace G., Drew Nasty, Cece Lulu, and Jay, an eldritch demon lord who gifts their dark curses only to the elderly. Their devotees are super sinewy and don't take no guff. Barnesinator, Michelle O, Timmy R, Jonathan W, the crock-wearing warrior, and Lucas B, Taruk's new D&D group. So far, Taruk has gotten two of them killed, stolen the bag of holding, and multiclassed into Rogue because nobody freaking gets me. Aaron S, Kevin M, Hogfish's above average hog, New York, and Stephen C. The Council for Ordinary Broom Awareness, a group formed to spread the idea that not every broom is magical and therefore does not need to be mounted and giddy-upped. In fact, some are magical, but they do stuff like magically clean up spilled milk, not fly. KJ, Michael M, Raul N, Mike K, Maxwell C, and Karen J. The Tampa Tourism Bureau, who have politely requested we stop calling them every day to ask whether SummerSlam is going to be there or not. Nick W., Taylor A., Matthew R., Esme M., and Spartagnus, Lightning Bolt Firefighters. Turns out, lightning fires are like grease fires, and you need a really big metal lid to put them out. Nathan, Casimir the All-Knowing, Big Bad Beardo the Mad, Eric M. and Jack Mehoff, Hollywood producers who are bringing the Taruk sage to life in an upcoming movie tentatively titled Turning the Tables. Bradley Cooper is set to star and has been personally ruining D&D games across the country as practice for the role. Burley T. Nero, Claudius, Caesar, Augustus, Germanicus, Christian A., J. Dragonborn, Joro the Unappropro, and Cody B., the makeup and special effects crew responsible for transforming Bradley Cooper into Taruk. Apparently, he loved the look so much, he demanded the horns be made extra durable so he could sleep and shower in them. Liam D., the Sandrean, Ben A., Feldonis, Dave H., and Koala Bear. Actors starring alongside Bradley Cooper in Turning the Tables. Liam D. plays Taruk's brother-in-law and Feldonis plays Taruk's father. While Sandrian, David H., and Koala Bear play Wendy's employees who listen to Taruk rant about how unfair his defeat was. Catherine S., David K., Christian S., Dustin S., Keith K., The Time Walker, and Emilio D., 
D&D players who personally had their games ruined by Bradley Cooper. At first, they didn't know it was him because he was wearing full tiefling makeup at the time. And even after they found out, it was still a little weird. Frankie Koala, Big Bad John, Aston S, Blair the Bug, Blair Barbarian, and Porkchop. Bradley Cooper's entourage. All of them have started sporting tiefling horns too. Now, I'm no fashionista, but I think that horns might just be this summer's hot new look. We'll see though. Chanel M, Alice, Manette F, Pat L, Achutha A, and Lauren H. Social media stars who are all rocking horns now. That's right, folks. Hashtag horny summer is officially underway. Elias Hawthorne, Maddie Y, Alex H, the eldest Barry, Ryan S, and the Bone Duster. Concerned parents making a stand against <laughs> hashtag horny summer, and not because of the body modification and demonic influences either. They just think Bradley Cooper's a bit overrated. Joshua H, Rubik Crisp, Idrassel, Brindley C, Micah B, and Ploops. A team of kobold fighters who fight for the white dragon. They've spent the last decades assembling a massive horde of folding chairs to be used just for this occasion. Carly Ann, Lori P, Connor Savage, Russell H, Christopher J.O, Logan S, and Leviathan. Taruk's buddies. They're all hanging in a friend's backyard and told him to come by. So they're who you can thank for Taruk's abrupt departure. Demi A, BioQuirt7, Kenny, Remington CD, Amber K, and Everett P, owners of an inflammable broom. It's actually a Swiffer. Yes, it doesn't look quite as classic, but it's safe as hell. Treb Hopdrapper, Jesse DLR, the Element God, Lindsay W, Champ Wild, and Valen, Valiant Knights who were all soundly defeated by a magic blasting grandma. Trub is the first to admit that it was their great honor to be defeated by such a hero. Sprite Pepsi, Carlin C, Anthony S, Sally S, and Tristan C, the Goose. The Supreme Crits, other bailiffs. Hopefully they all work in a courtroom where the bailiff is treated with a little more respect. Jake, Emily S., the new petty king of Outerboro, Sassy, Matthew J., Scrip, Scripper, and Zane C., medium-sized snails who heard Dan's case and are livid they weren't called in to help. In a small room, you absolutely must employ the support of not large, but heroic medium-sized snails. Long live snails. Michael S. The Bone Duster, Noah, Wyatt B., Estelle, Lyle Thurger, and Rogue Cree, barbarians who wrestled a white dragon at SummerSlam. Rogue Cree gave the dragon a rock bottom. It was epic. Daniel N., Joseph H., Baron S., Mr. Dude Sky, Conflicted DM, and Justin LB. Players, judges who sit in a lower courtroom that unanimously ruled that PJ's broom should not have caught fire. Thankfully, it was appealed and justice was restored. Connor P., Dandy, Jennifer R., Clifton A., Reverend Chatterbones, and Richard G., Alex J.'s distant cousins who are all 
amped for this year's family reunion. They all just want to study the game under the most optimized D&D player of all time. Magic Blasting Grandma. M. Barber, Marcos P., and Pup Kalish. Quadruple wielder fighters. They fight with two battle axes and also wear ice skates on their feet and get two kick attacks each turn. Take that, Sydney's DM. And that's it. We're wrapping it up right there with a big old pretty bow. Love y'all. You're too good to us. Goodbye, sweeties. That was a headgum podcast.